0: and welcome to Oscar Wilde, a podcast about film, always counting down to next year's Oscars. I'm Sophia Simonello.
1: And I'm Nick Ruckrout.
0: And today we are going through Oscar predictions, including below the line categories. Who knows how this will go? Honestly, I will just start there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We've seen a lot of movies by this point, and we've talked about a lot of them on the pod, but we still have quite a ways to go. So that's why like some of these I'm very confident about and I'm just as weary about probably the same number of them.
0: Yeah, I think what's fun about this time is that like nothing has really happened yet. So I'm going to have a few that are truly just me hoping that these things happen because there's just that nice glow over award season (laughs) now before it gets really annoying or really
1: exciting. It's definitely the calm before the storm. Film festival season is wrapping up and award season is underway, but I feel like we've only heard about certain people kickstarting their own campaigns. Mm -hmm. Like I read an article the other day, like Kirsten Dunst is campaigning for her role. It's like, well, obviously she better be. She better. But there hasn't been a ton of news and we're waiting for like the final predictions to come in and people to feel more secure. And I think Mm -hmm. that comes... Later, once we get some of the bigger movies that nobody has seen.
0: So today we will be going through every single Oscar category besides the three categories for shorts. So no live action, documentary, or animated shorts today, but we will be going through predictions for every other category.
1: So let's start off with our favorite category, Best Animated Feature. This to me is kind of up in the air, one of those that I'm not super sure about. So before we start, when we read through our nominees, we're going to read them in our ranked order, and then we'll have a little discussion about how we feel about them, and then if any of them differ, why we think so. So my five nominees here are Luca, Flea, The Mitchells vs. The Machines, Encanto, and Summit of the Gods.
0: Okay, my five nominees are Luca, Flea, the Mitchells versus The Machines, Kanto and Belle. So just to note, we both have Luca in the number one spot. Mm-hmm. Why did you put Luca over Flea, which I feel like is very buzzy right now, especially with awards pundits?
1: I mean, it's Pixar, mm-hmm. yep. if that's enough. I think Flea could be like last year's Wolfwalkers, where they fight the entire season, win some of the awards along the way, and I think Soul won by a bigger margin with the Academy, but I think it could be a fair fight.
0: I agree. I think it's important to keep in mind that for animated feature, the entire Academy votes to nominate these movies, not just this branch. Disney, Pixar, so popular. Whereas something like Flea that is smaller, it's international, it's a documentary, it's distributed by Neon. I don't feel as confident in that as I do In something like Luca with the track record of Pixar behind it.
1: Mm -hmm. But I think if any movie had a chance like you want those things stacked up behind it. Mm -hmm. So I think if any movie has the ability to win it's Flea.
0: Oh for sure.
1: Next for me was either Raya and the Last Dragon or Encanto which are both Disney animation pictures. It's not uncommon for there to be both Disney and Pixar nominees. And I'm not really sure which they're going to go with. Encanto will only have the upper hand because it has a later release.
0: And Lin-Manuel Miranda.
1: Yeah, exactly. And he's got plenty more coming as well with Tick, Tick, Boom. My fifth nominee, Summit of the Gods, I'm going for that obscure, just like last year, nominee. Summit of the Gods is also a Netflix release, so I think that could help it. Bell, I am so excited to see. I... Here, the animation is fantastic, but that the story gets a bit jumbled by the end.
0: What about CryptoZoo? <laughs>
1: I would love to see CryptoZoo here. That's Ooh, another obscure pick. I mean, pick. that's
0: the weird one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably too weird, though. And then my alternate pick is Sing2, which is produced by Illumination, which is a universal distribution. Just going for a mix of animation studios, really, with that.
0: Sing 2 could also benefit from the entire membership voting. These people will probably watch Sing 2 on VOD with their kids or take them to the movie theater to see it. So that could benefit mm-hmm. it compared to something like Belle or Summit of the
1: Gods. Mm-hmm. Huge cast, lots of familiar songs.
0: And with the Mitchells vs. the Machines, another Netflix release, and it's about a girl who loves movies. So probably will be popular with <laughs> Voters who also love movies. Okay, next up we have Best International Feature. My nominees are The Worst Person in the World, A Hero, The Hand of God, Compartment Number Six, and Titan.
1: And we match on four, which is great. My only different one is Drive My Car, Japan's feature instead of Your Titan.
0: I'm just gonna say right off the bat, we both have Flea Missing. Which is kind of odd because we did these (laughs) predictions separately, and this is something that's on everyone's list. I'll put you on the spot first. Why do you have it missing?
1: I just don't think it's going to get animation, international feature, and documentary. That's a lot for one movie. Yes, it has the buzz and the drive, but I think if it doesn't show up anywhere, and different people are saying this about different categories, but I feel like it wouldn't be here because international feature is so strong. This year, I mean, it is every year, but Mm -hmm. I really want to see some of those other countries get in, because Flea will be nominated at the Oscars. Like, we know it's going to happen. Why don't you have it here?
0: So we've just been in each other's heads, I think, for too long. But for the same reasons, I just think, you know, the double dip is so rare, let alone a triple dip. Like, for Mm -hmm. a movie like this, I mean, we had Honeyland, who got into, what was it, international feature and documentary. Mm -hmm. They will do that, and a film like this to get international documentary and animated just seems really hard. And I also think Neon, they also have the worst person in the world, which is such a big crowd pleaser. Flea is much Mm -hmm. more of a tough subject matter that I think the documentary branch will like, not to step on my opinions about that category, but with international feature, the way that nominating goes and watching all the films on the short list. So I imagine there are mm-hmm. some other members who would might think like, okay, well it's going to get nominated somewhere else. I don't need to nominate it here.
1: I think it definitely shows up on the short list.
0: Oh, for sure. If this happened, I think it would be really shocking. We're just saying it now because we can't see it showing up everywhere. And I feel like also something like Titan, which is super weird, is getting more attention right now and also has neon behind it.
1: Neon's all over this year. Neon's all over this year.
0: <laughs> but I do think that whatever the five nominees are here, they will probably be better than the nominees for Best Picture. That's just how this category is going this year.
1: Yeah. The one I'm most excited for is The Worst Person in the World. There's oh so much buzz, so much word of mouth. It's even being predicted in screenplay. And if that's happening, you know it's really good. And I'm ready to see all of these because I've seen all of these names show up a lot. And a lot. I haven't seen a single one yet.
0: Fans of Flea, we have it other places. These are just early, early predictions. Obviously, we could be wrong. We will be wrong in any of these. So don't worry.
1: Do you have any others that you want to see on the shortlist besides these five?
0: I would love to see Memoria on the short list. I love Memoria. Anyone who knows my taste will not be surprised at that. I thought it was just such a great experience. That's the type of sensory overload I like at the movies. Mm -hmm. It would be kind of fun if Lamb showed up. I haven't seen Drive My Car yet, but I've also heard really good things about that one, so... I wouldn't be surprised if that's in there too. This is such a competitive category this year. I think also the reason I took Flea out was because it just felt so easy. Like the five, like looking at them, the five leaders, I was like, this can't be right. It's not going to last.
1: Some that I think could get in, there's I'm Your Man, which has Dan Stevens in it. And it's basically a sequel to Her.
0: Oh my god, I meant to put that in and forgot. So thank you for reminding me because international features with stars that are really popular with British and American audiences usually Mm -hmm. do well.
1: He is scarily good at playing a human robot. Others, The Good Boss, only because it took over Parallel Mothers for Spain. And it's Mm -hmm. this like dark comedy with Javier Bardem. Mm -hmm. Again, another big actor. I think that could play really well. And Leave No Traces, which is the Poland submission
0: Leave no traces, not leave no trace with Thomas and Mackenzie. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> I don't know a whole lot about this. It's giving me dear comrades. These are all just from trailers, so TBD on how they actually play. Next up is Best Documentary Feature. My nominees are again Flea, The Rescue, Summer of Soul, or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised, Attica and Julia.
0: The only difference that I have is that I have the Velvet Underground instead of Attica. This is always the most challenging category to predict. They Mm -hmm. always, always, always leave out the big one. And I don't know if the big one is Flea or The Rescue or Summer of Soul.
1: I was going to say, do we have a really big one right now? I mean, the rescue keeps winning. The
0: rescue keeps winning. Like that one at TIFF. It's by Oscar winners.
1: I kind of just went for a big group here. I feel like Julia might be that one, too, that Mm. it's, like, too nice. Mm -hmm. Like, I am dying to see a documentary about Julia Child, but... Me, too. I don't think it's going to show up.
0: Yeah, I mean, that could be, like, the Mr. Rogers documentary that didn't show up. Mm -hmm. If you remember that shocking miss.
1: (laughs) Where is our My Octopus Teacher here?
0: I was thinking of that today. I was going to text you. (laughs) That just comes in and sweeps a really strong category as the weakest nominee.
1: I guess that one was pretty soul sucking, but I feel like The Rescue is just a much harder topic to handle.
0: Definitely, but I think it has that gripping quality to it that mm-hmm. Free Solo had. So, in that one, it's also, I think we're also far enough away from that event that it's easier to watch it as opposed to something like last year what was that movie called? Oh my god, 76 Uh, Days? It was just too soon.
1: Well, that's my alt is the first wave, which is the New York response to COVID. So it's like, will they award a documentary of COVID now that we're just a little bit removed from it compared to last year where we were pretty much still in it?
0: I think we're used to seeing topics like that, like hard hitting topics. In Documentary Short, I think that's an easier, more palatable category for things like this than Documentary Feature. Mm-hmm. If we, like, noticed last year, Colette won, and that was so hard to watch. Like, it was so emotional as a Documentary Short, but it was great. And then Documentary Feature went to My Octopus Teacher. I also wonder if Todd Haynes will be recognized for The Velvet Underground. I put it here because, one, it's a good Documentary two it's by Todd Haynes and three a lot of Academy members grew up in that time and Mm -hmm. might be really nostalgic about that and about Lou Reed and Andy Warhol and that whole group but also if Todd Haynes can't get nominated for Carol like can he get nominated here that would be very Academy
1: it's mostly music based right
0: it's music archival footage talking heads I liked it but it isn't like a blow you away documentary I don't think Mm -hmm. it's good though it's a solid watch
1: i feel like it's almost too niche for an academy nomination
0: and a story about an octopus isn't
1: (laughs) (laughs) hey i didn't think that was gonna happen so
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh god okay we'll see i mean one of these isn't gonna make it if we know anything about this category So do you think Flea has the best chance to win in Doc, International, or Animated? And do you think it will win any Oscars?
1: If it were to win anywhere, I would give it in documentary. Would I like to see Pixar lose? Absolutely. (laughs) But (laughs) I think it has a better chance here than in the other categories. What do you think?
0: I'm the same. I'm not going to bet against Pixar. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> not right now. Maybe later on down the line.
1: Right. If the odds are better, then maybe I'll play my cards, but not yet.
0: Yeah. Okay. Next up, we have Best Visual Effects. My nominees are Dune, The Matrix Resurrections, Don't Look Up, Godzilla vs. Kong, and The Green Knight.
1: That makes three. Can't see oh, I'm it. sorry. Resurrect- Dune
0: Part 1. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dune Part 1, The Matrix Resurrections, and The Green Knight, I also have. My other two are Eternals and Clifford the Big Red Dog.
0: Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't put that on the list because you wanted to surprise me.
1: (laughs) I really wish you would have spit your Diet Coke out right now. (laughs)
0: i thought about it today because it comes out like right at the same time as belfast and i was like what if we have two oscar winners right here belfast and clifford the big red dog i would be so happy imagine if i mean it's not gonna beat dune part one but i would love for clifford the big red dog to get a nomination what a thrill and then we would have to talk about it on a contenders episode oh my god (laughs)
1: Honestly, from all of the potential nominees that we're mentioning today, that's not the one I want to watch the least.
0: You know what? Live, right now, I don't care if I'm wrong, I'm going to swap <laughs> out Godzilla vs. Kong for Clifford the Big Red Dog. I want it. I'm hope-dicting it.
1: Mine was mostly a joke. I really <laughs> don't think it's going to happen, but I think it's so much fun. My actual nominee would be the Tomorrow War that's not super high either. So I was like, whatever, let's do it.
0: What is the Tomorrow War?
1: The Chris Pratt Amazon Prime movie. Oh. That came out months ago. I yeah, didn't that see sounds it.
0: right up my alley. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we both have Dune in the lead. We talked about this on our Dune mm-hmm. episode. I think this is going to be one it kind of walks away with, um, yeah. but definitely a nomination at least we have quite a few differences here I think so I don't have Eternals and you do I think my thing is just like they don't like Marvel movies and the response to this has been really strange
1: I was willing to put one Marvel movie on the list there have (laughs) been years where two show up but it's pretty rare so if there's one movie I mean they have Shang-Chi Eternals Spider-Man No Way Home Black Widow I haven't seen Shang-Chi or Eternals, so I really don't know, but Chloe Zhao, maybe?
0: Yeah. I put Don't Look Up in because it's the Adam McKay movie that's coming, and he's an Oscars and Magnet, and apparently this has quite a bit of VFX in it with the space scenes, I guess. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, but I'm just putting it in here because it could just be like a check the box one. But this category does have a bake-off, so... It might not matter as much that it's a popular movie.
1: I don't know. They do like less sci-fi movies, if that makes any sense, when it comes to this category. First Man is, yes, a space movie in part, but it's also a drama based in reality. So I was looking for more movies like that. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of hard to find this year. But I could definitely see Don't Look Up happening.
0: And the Green Knight, too, is just another fun prediction.
1: Mm-hmm. The Matrix from the trailer alone has yeah. so many visual effects. I think that's a shoe in
0: It's also just a really beloved property, so I can see people mm-hmm. going for that. I finally saw the trailer <laughs> when I saw Dune in IMAX.
1: Next up is Best Sound. My nominees here. Dune Part 1. No Time to Die. Belfast. Eternals, and West Side Story.
0: Okay, so we're four for five here. I swapped out Eternals with The Power of the Dog, which I thought had fabulous sound work in it.
1: They could go for something more nuanced, like The Power of the Dog. I was kind of unsure, or they could go big, but I think if they go big and choose No Time to Die, then that would be their pick. So I could see them not choosing Eternals and going for something smaller and more nuanced, like The Power of the Dog.
0: This at this point to me is between Dune and No Time to Die, but I will still give the edge to Dune predictions wise.
1: Yeah, I think these are two easy categories for Dune to take home. The one that confuses me the most is Belfast just because I don't know how sound comes into it and it is a crowd pleaser, but I'm very intrigued by so many pundits putting Belfast up so high.
0: I agree with that. I'm so scared to see this movie. (laughs) Let me just tell you that right now because so many people really love it.
1: Mm -hmm. That's when I hate something so trigger.
0: (laughs) Yeah I know I'm scared. (laughs) Next we have best original score. My predicted nominees are Hans Zimmer for Dune, Johnny Greenwood for The Power of the Dog, Johnny Greenwood for Spencer. Nicholas Britell for Don't Look Up, and Alexander Desplat for The French Dispatch.
1: This is our first five. Wow. Match.
0: This is a weird category this year. There aren't that many big contenders. I'm excited to hear the Don't Look Up score. I love Nicholas Britell. You probably know him from Barry Jenkins' scores and from the succession theme. Of these so far... I know again, like people are going to disagree with me. That's fine. I loved The Power of the Dog Score by Johnny Greenwood mm-hmm. the most. It just it resembled the There Will Be Blood Score, which I really love, and it added so much to that movie. So I really love that one, but I do think Hans Zimmer has the narrative for Dune.
1: Dune is the sole score of this year. The powerhouse, it's the one to beat, and I'm really excited to see Spencer and hear the Johnny Greenwood score from that because I think from what I've heard so far, he has two really strong scores and I really like the Power of the Dog one as well. This is a three nominee race for me and I put in Alexander Desplat and Nicholas Bertel because of who they are.
0: If Hans Zimmer loses here, he's not meant to win another Oscar. That's that.
1: Next is best original song. These I have no idea about, so let's see how this goes. Mm-hmm. I have Be Alive from King Richard, No Time to Die from No Time to Die, <laughs> Believe from The Rescue, Down to Joy from Belfast, and Columbia, Me Encanto from Encanto.
0: We're four for five. I don't have Believe from The Rescue. I have So May We Start from Annette. <laughs>
1: that would be so great to have that in
0: Jeff Bezos he needs to put all of his money I mean obviously into like making the world a better place but (laughs) the rest of it can go into the original song campaign for Annette
1: that is the least wacky of the songs and I think it could be an actual contender
0: I think so too if it makes the shortlist I'll be so excited can you imagine if they started the Oscars with this song
1: Oh, my God. Walking Mm -hmm. down the red carpet. I would have chills.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: I already do.
0: (laughs) We're producing this show. Like, that's how you do it. And then bring out baby Annette.
1: (laughs) With Rihanna this time, they're going to get her.
0: We need Rihanna there. (laughs) (laughs) I have Be Alive in the one spot because it's Beyonce and King Richard. I have predicted in a lot of other categories coming up. And if her winning for Judas and the Black Messiah taught us anything, I think this is a safe one spot for now.
1: I think King Richard is going to be our underdog and show up kind of like Parasite did in multiple categories.
0: It is the underdog. I feel it.
1: Mm -hmm. I went with a gut instinct on a later category and I was like, you know what, let's do it. So I think here that is safe. Give Beyonce her Oscar. Wow, I, mm-hmm. that will be yeah. amazing to say. That's
0: really, really <laughs> great. As we mentioned when we reviewed No Time to Die last week, Billie Eilish, obviously a contender here, you know, writing a song for a Bond movie. I mean, recently it's gotten you an Oscar nomination in the case of Adele and Sam Smith, but mm-hmm. I think she has a chance, super popular. Columbia Me and Encanto is by Lin-Manuel Miranda. So again, another like, big name who I can definitely see people wanting to celebrate, especially since he has Tick, Tick, Boom coming out too. Also Down to Joy is a Van Morrison song in Belfast. So that's another case of like a Best Picture nominee. And Van Morrison is a very, very popular musician. So that is also a big threat to Beyonce.
1: He also did the score for Belfast. So he could show up twice. Lin-Manuel Miranda is trying hard hardest to get into the Oscars this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's happening with Vivo, but Tick, Tick, Boom, and Encanto have better chances or seem to be yeah. doing better. So if this is his chance to get into song, which is what he's known for, mm-hmm. this is it.
0: He also would EGOT.
1: That's incredible.
0: Okay, on to best production design. I have... Dune, The French Dispatch, West Side Story, Nightmare Alley, and The Tragedy.
1: We are four for five. You'll love that I put Cyrano instead of (laughs) West Side Story.
0: (laughs) I know it's become a joke that I like hate this movie. I have not seen it yet. (laughs) The trailer does not look like a movie for me, but I will see it. It looks like a Joe Wright film.
1: It's really trying to get in, and I think if it does anywhere, it's production design, it's costumes, maybe makeup and hairstyling. We'll see.
0: I have Dune in the lead, which kind of makes me sad, only because the French Dispatch, I love that production design so much, but the scale of Dune, I think, might take it here.
1: I would love to also put French Dispatch in first. Adam Stockhausen won for production design in the Grand Budapest Hotel. So it wouldn't be Wes Anderson's first movie to win there. I think the detail there is even more stunning than Dune.
0: Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Admit
1: it. (laughs) Some of that comes down to visual effects, but I've seen some interviews with Denis saying, like, we didn't want visual effects in this scene to emphasize how real the moment was. So it's really tough I'm not mad if either of these win. Is this a two-horse race?
0: I don't think so. I think Nightmare Alley could be a contender here, for sure.
1: That's another one I'm just totally unsure about.
0: Is Nightmare Alley your Cyrano?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm excited to see it. I just have no idea what's happening with that movie. Next up is Best Makeup and Hairstyling. My nominees are Dune, Spencer... House of Gucci, Cruella, and The Eyes of Tammy Faye.
0: Okay. We have three of the same. My differences are bleak. I don't have (laughs) Spencer or Cruella. I have The Suicide Squad and Being the Ricardos.
1: If this is another Oscar-nominated Suicide Squad, I'm done. (laughs)
0: I really should have learned my lesson last year when they didn't nominate Birds of Prey, which was better than Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. It's a case of like most makeup.
1: Which works too, so yeah, that's why I'm scared.
0: Dune is in my number one spot right now because of Baron Harkonnen and the prosthetics on Stellan Skarsgård mm-hmm. and Oscar Isaac's beard. But I do see the biggest threats being the eyes of Tammy Faye in House of Gucci, Especially Jared Leto in House of Gucci.
1: That's why I have it here, too. We didn't mention on the Dune pod the Mentat's whitish face with the black mm-hmm. lip. I love mm-hmm. that for some reason. So put that, that was in. That's scary.
0: So now on to Best Costume Design. My predicted nominees are Cruella, Dune, House of Gucci, Nightmare Alley, and Spencer.
1: Another five.
0: Wow. Wonder if we'll have any more. <laughs> I still have Cruella in the lead here. It will probably be my leader for a very long time until we get to guilds. There are just so many costumes and the movie is about the costumes that I just, it's hard to imagine something else winning, even though the costumes in Dune are stunning.
1: On second watch, I really noticed the costumes in Dune and I think it could easily be in the lead here. For me, they're kind of tied
0: I did really love this time the blue dress that Jessica wears in the very beginning, like in the first 10 minutes when they're still at Caledon, Mm -hmm. and the red dress she's wearing when her hair is slicked back. I was like, can some magical person put these in my closet so I can wear them?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Even hearing Dini talk about the veil that Charlotte Rampling's character wears and its purpose and like how evil she looks. The thought that goes into every piece and what it's supposed to portray that really fascinated me. So that's kind of why I say it could be in the lead. With the others, we've already gotten a preview from Lady Gaga mm-hmm. of House of Gucci's costumes, makeup, uh-huh. hairstyling. And they all look amazing.
0: Yeah. And you know Lady Gaga is going to be wearing all 80s-inspired clothing to promote this movie, I'm sure. So that will help. (laughs) And then Nightmare Alley and Spencer, period films. Mm -hmm. Nightmare Alley feels like fantasy, so lots of bright colors, menswear. Like, it's just, I feel like that's a good contender. And Spencer recreating Diana's iconic outfits. That's a big deal.
1: My thing here, I have four out of five matching between costume and makeup and hairstyling. So I could kind of say that about any of those four. Mm -hmm. My only one that doesn't cross over is I have Nightmare Alley in costume and Tammy Faye in makeup and hairstyling. I think some of these are going to be picture contenders, but for the ones that aren't, if the Academy likes them, they could easily show up in both of these categories.
0: There is traditionally a lot of overlap between these categories, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Mainly Cruella, but also Spencer.
0: I just, because I haven't seen Spencer yet, I'm not sure how academy-friendly it is which, is, which is what scares me.
1: Next up is Best Film Editing. My predicted nominees are Dune, Belfast, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and The Power of the Dog. So
0: we match on four of these. This is also really bleak. I'm very excited you have Licorice Pizza. I do not. I have Don't Look Up instead. I would love for Licorice Pizza to get an editing nomination. Are you kidding me?
1: (laughs) It's my other movie besides Nightmare Alley that I feel like the Academy could really go for. And if it's not entirely for them, it probably wouldn't show up in editing. But... This is where I was rooting for King Richard.
0: I have King Richard here too. Also like editing and a sports movie that just like feels mm-hmm. right to me. Yeah. And I think a Best Picture contender. Warner Brothers has they're in such an interesting spot because they have Dune and King Richard. As far as editing goes, usually they like most editing and it aligns with sound, which is why I have Dune in the one spot but also why I don't look up close behind, because I know how Adam McKay movies are usually edited.
1: If they don't align, I feel like it would have to be especially noticeable. So TBD on King Richard, but of these, I feel pretty confident with Dune. It's also in my number one spot.
0: I think if Belfast or King Richard wins editing, it wins Best Picture. Dune, I'm not saying that, Mm -hmm. but for either of those two, I think that's what it means. Yeah. Okay, next we have Best Cinematography. My predicted nominees are The Tragedy, Dune, The Power of the Dog, Belfast, and Spencer.
1: That's another five. Wow. (laughs) I mean, it's a good five. I don't even know if I have a number one spot right now. (laughs) I really want Spencer to blow me away. I think The Power of the Dog could take this.
0: I would love that. If it's not The Tragedy of Macbeth, that would be my preference.
1: Mm -hmm. I would be totally fine with Dune taking production design and either of those taking cinematography.
0: Me too. Because the cinematography in Dune is strong, but The Tragedy of Macbeth losing cinematography would be similar to me to when The Tree of Life lost cinematography to Hugo. Like, that's how strongly I feel about that cinematography, there were shots in the tragedy that took my breath away. One in particular I want to have blown up and, like, show to people when I'm planning my wedding. Like, that's how much I <laughs> loved it. There's just nothing in these movies that even comes close to me. Besides The Power of the Dog, I thought that The Power of the Dog was really, really well shot. Dune, I had some trouble with the lighting. In my IMAX screening, weirdly, not when I saw it at New York Film Festival. Where it was too dark. I mean, I wouldn't be like mad, mad if Dune won, but oh God, the tragedy. Yeah. But I would love to see The Power of the Dog or Spencer win because a woman has never won this category. So I think it would be very cool if Ari Wagner or Claire Mathen won.
1: Definitely. If The Tragedy wins here, that could be one of its, if not its only win. But I think if Belfast wins or The Power of the Dog that could really be telling for Best Picture.
0: Mm. Belfast, also another black and white contender. They love black and white. We all thought Land would win last year, and it was Mank. So that could happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Next up is Best Original Screenplay. My nominees are Belfast, Come On, Come On, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and I hate this, but I'm putting Don't Look Up.
0: <laughs> We're Five for Five. I don't feel great about this because I think we need to make a spot for Aaron Sorkin for being the Ricardos. He always gets nominated for her screenplays.
1: You've been saying this every week.
0: Okay, but this is the category that will potentially cause me the most heartbreak. (laughs) If Licorice Pizza, if if Paul Thomas Anderson loses to Aaron Sorkin or to Adam McKay, it will be heartbreaking to me. Because of all the people on this list, Paul Thomas Anderson is the most overdue for an Oscar.
1: Totally. I don't disagree with anything you're saying. (laughs) I don't feel super confident that Don't Look Up is going to show up here. On our list, I have the worst person in the world just because I want some oddball international Mm -hmm. feature nominee to get in here because it's so strong and the body really loves it. But it's too early. I don't know.
0: I kind of feel like licorice pizza is going to be this year's Lady Bird and just not win anything. It's okay. The Oscars don't matter. They're all about marketing. Sometimes it can be an indicator of quality when I want it to be. (laughs) (laughs) For Belfast, do you think its best chance to win an Oscar is here or somewhere else?
1: Again, I think if the Academy really likes it and it does win here, then it's going to show up again somewhere else. That's for certain.
0: Like it doesn't need to happen here. Like, Nomadland didn't win screenplay, but it's a nice to have, not a need to have.
1: The one I really want to win is Come On, Come On. I think Mike Mills is a strong writer. He's been nominated before for 20th Century Women, and this movie is just so heartfelt.
0: I just think, like, screenplay categories are the categories where films like Come On, Come On show up. Like, maybe one other acting category, but usually they pop up here. So I do think Mike Mills, because... Come On, Come On As one of A24's strongest contenders, maybe the strongest contender, it'll be here. I feel more confident about that, even though I probably shouldn't be. Okay, next up we have Best Adapted Screenplay. I have The Power of the Dog, House of Gucci, The Lost Daughter, The Tragedy, and Dune. We probably should say The Tragedy of Macbeth. (laughs) We are not Fran and Joel, (laughs) so we don't confuse people.
1: Our only differences here, we have four of the same. I have Nightmare Alley instead of The Tragedy of Macbeth. You've mentioned this before that the Academy has trouble with Shakespeare. And with this being a pretty close adaptation, that to me could mean it doesn't make it. And Nightmare Alley was previously adapted as a movie from the novel as well. So that could work in its favor. I don't know.
0: I would almost swap out The Tragedy with Passing. I don't know why Gold Derby has this so low but Netflix is doing a lot for that. Um, Mm -hmm. Rebecca Hall's directorial debut and it is based on a book that is read in high school English classes and read in college literature classes so I could see that happening. I know they don't like Shakespeare. This is just me hope-dicting it.
1: My favorite here is The Lost Daughter and I am going to be pushing for this hard. I love this as an adaptation.
0: My favorite is The Power of the Dog, and I will also be pushing for that hard. I hope that Jane Campion wins here, because I'm scared she's not going to win in director. So I would like her to win somewhere. But I love The Lost Daughter too. Lots of Netflix. Like, Mm -hmm. both of those are Netflix movies.
1: And so is Passing.
0: (laughs) House of Gucci, who knows? But I did just order that book.
1: (laughs) I think Jane Campion is going to win here, and the narrative is going to be Will award her in screenplay just in case she doesn't win director or picture. And that's a bit disappointing, but I think it's a deserved win here. For best supporting actor, I have Cody Smith McPhee from The Power of the Dog, Richard Jenkins from The Humans, Kieran Hines from Belfast, Bradley Cooper in Licorice Pizza, and Willem Dafoe from Nightmare Alley.
0: Ooh, okay, we have some differences. So I don't have Richard Jenkins anymore. It makes me sad. And I don't have Willem Dafoe. That is a great nomination, though. That's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I have the double Belfast nomination happening here. I have Kieran Hines and Jamie Dornan getting in. I don't know. <laughs> I also have John Bernthal getting in for King Richard. I love John Bernthal, but from what I've heard of how he is in King Richard, and if this is a big contender, I could see him being here.
1: I have no idea what his role is, but this is giving me Viggo Mortensen in Green Book. Is him? he the tennis coach? I literally have no idea what he does.
0: <laughs> I don't know.
1: My number one is Cody Smith-McPhee. I loved him in The Power of the Dog. Mm-hmm. I would love yeah. for him to win. And he's up against some older competition, so maybe he doesn't fare super well. But I would watch that movie again just for his performance.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I could pick one here, I would pick him. Yes, that's including Bradley Cooper and Licorice Pizza, because from what we've heard, it's a very, very small part. And Cody Smith-McPhee is... I don't want to give anything away, so I'm trying to think of the proper adjectives to use here. But his performance is what really, like, stayed with me of all of the performances in the movie, which I did love quite a few. But I really, really love him. I think it's going to be Kieran Hines for Belfast veteran actor mm-hmm. in the best picture frontrunner, but Anna Paquin did win for the piano so maybe the younger people in Jane Campion movies just have the edge we don't know maybe it could be Cody
1: that could be a thing I will save a comment I have until our next category
0: um I want to point out we don't have anyone from mass here
1: again something I can bring up in our next category <laughs> me too
0: <laughs> next we have best supporting actress my predicted nominees are Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, Katrina Balf for Belfast, Judy Dench for Belfast, Anjanu Ellis for King Richard, and Ruth Nega for Passing.
1: And those are my five as well.
0: <laughs> wow. This is a weird category to be five for five on. I also think people are going to be in the comments and asking us why we don't have mass anymore.
1: Yeah but we were also unsure of it a week ago. Not that it was that long ago. Yeah,
0: no, I know.
1: (laughs) I think I might be able to finally bid farewell to its chances. It's sad. I also didn't have it in screenplay, which is maybe somewhere it could show Mm -hmm. up, but it's also pretty low on a lot of pundits' lists. So Mm -hmm. that's also why I felt pretty unsure about it. My other comment is that maybe they switch off between the supporting acting categories. Like if they award it to someone from Power of the Dog in one of the categories, they award it to Belfast in the other category. Because here we both have Katrina and Judy from Belfast and Kirsten from Power of the Dog. While in Supporting Actor, we have Kieran in Belfast and Cody in Power of the Dog.
0: And there's also potential too for Jesse Plemons for Power of the Dog and Jamie Dornan for Belfast. Like we could get almost a double-double.
1: Which again only speaks to their chances at picture. But do you think that they would double down in both categories or split them?
0: I think it's more likely that we have a Kirsten-Kieran split, which is so weird to say. Like she's been working for such a long time and Mm -hmm. is so well-known that I feel like her chances of winning are better than Cody's chances of winning. His performance to me would be like up there with the Timothy Hutton for ordinary people win, like it would just be really cool, but they never award young men, they just don't.
1: Yeah, poor Timmy and call me by your name.
0: My God, Timmy again. (laughs) Are you gonna be okay with him and don't look up? He's playing like a Trumper, it'll test you.
1: (laughs) It sure will.
0: One thing I wanna bring up here, because we talked about it on the Dune episode, is Rebecca Ferguson for Dune. I have been having these premonitions.
1: (laughs) Okay, Bene Gesserit.
0: My true calling. (laughs) I've heard the voice. I've been using the voice. And I feel that she reminds me of like when Emily Blunt just won SAG for A Quiet Place. So what if that happened? I feel like it would be SAG and not Oscar.
1: I really don't think there's a chance she shows up at the Oscars, but that would be fun split up all the ceremonies again Mm -hmm. next up for best actor I have Will Smith for King Richard Denzel Washington for the tragedy of Macbeth Benedict Cumberbatch for the power of the dog Joaquin Phoenix for come on come on and Peter Dinklage for Cyrano
0: okay I'm gonna say this right now we're just having fun with these predictions we don't know anything we have four that are the same I don't have Joaquin Phoenix, which maybe goes against my better judgment. I'm going to, in my fifth spot, predict Cooper Hoffman for Licorice Pizza.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: Young men don't often win, but if this is supposedly this like feel-good, Lady Bird-type movie from PTA, and we have Philip Seymour Hoffman's son in the lead, that's a story. Mm -hmm. And Best Actor is kind of open right now. I think we have two- maybe three that I would consider like firm contenders. But otherwise, like there's a lot of room. I mean, I would also love Nicolas Cage and Pig, but I don't think Pig's gonna go anywhere.
1: Mm -hmm. It's holding on. I'm not super confident with Joaquin Phoenix. I just really liked that movie and his performance.
0: I would love for him and Gabby to get in and Woody Norman, the kid. Yeah. (laughs) All of them. That just feels independent spirit to me.
1: Sadly, yeah, I agree. Is Alana Haim running in supporting or lead?
0: I think she's a lead.
1: Okay. I'm expecting her to show up in your best actress predictions now.
0: (laughs) I would love that as I stare at my framed time poster above me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who is it that said they couldn't take their eyes off of her?
0: John C. Riley. He said the only other actor he'd had that experience with was Joaquin Phoenix. There you go. My God. Don't. I No, I can't. That would be too much. Do you know if Haim has a song in Licorice Pizza?
1: Do we know anything about this movie? (laughs) No. One can hope, but yeah, I have no idea.
0: So Will Smith is your leader. Will Smith is my leader. I think he's going to win.
1: That just feels right.
0: Benedict Cumberbatch, who really, I mean, we can talk about this when we talk about the power of the dog. I went into this movie expecting to really not like him. But I really, really liked him in this movie. But he's playing a villain, and it's much harder to win playing a villain than a Mm -hmm. hero. So I think it's Will Smith's to lose.
1: He's really disturbed here, and it's a great character to play, but I kind of agree. I'll have to see on second watch how I feel about it.
0: Okay, so next up we have the best category, best actress. My predicted nominees are Kristen Stewart for Spencer, Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter, Jennifer Hudson for Respect, and Frances McDormand for The Tragedy of
1: Macbeth. So we are four for five. Instead of J HUD, I have Penelope Cruz from Parallel Mothers.
0: I like that. I mean, I can definitely see her getting in. She won Best Actress at Venice. Jennifer Hudson, I put her here, maybe going against my better judgment again. This movie came and went, but. She's playing Aretha Franklin in a biopic, and she's a previous winner, so that's why she's here.
1: With the others, I don't know if Olivia Coleman's a lock yet. I really liked her in The Lost Daughter, but -hmm. this could also be hope-dicting her into the Oscar sphere once again.
0: I'm fully hope-dicting Olivia and Frances.
1: I was kind of shocked that you had Fran in your fifth spot.
0: Yeah, I mean, I put her there because it's her, and it's an iconic role, but I just don't know how the Academy is going to respond to it. It's super weird. I mean, you've seen it. It's a weird movie. Mm-hmm. She's phenomenal in it. I thought she was great, but I could see them going for Lady Gaga. I should. I could see them... Like, there are a lot of options. Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos. Oh my god, we forgot to talk about Meryl in Supporting Actress as a possibility, but everyone... Keep an eye on her for Don't Look Up. And speaking of, Jennifer Lawrence here. Mm
1: -hmm. In lead? Mm -hmm. I will be leaving all of the Don't Look Up performances out of my predictions until I see this movie on Christmas Mm -hmm. Day, I think.
0: Is you higher spending your Christmas?
1: (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Until then, I will be sick to my stomach if I put any of them in. Mm -hmm. Almost there. Second to last, we have Best Director. My nominees are... Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Denis Villeneuve for Dune, part one. (laughs) Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza. And Reynaldo Marcus Green for King Richard.
0: We are five for five.
1: Ooh, very interesting. Yeah. Another tough category to be five for five on.
0: Yeah, I think right now I actually have Denis in the one spot.
1: I'm really rooting for Jane Campion.
0: Me too. But if
1: Denis Villeneuve finally wins an Oscar...
0: Finally? He (laughs) hasn't had that long of a career.
1: No. (laughs) And yeah, I think that's why I'm really rooting for Jane. But I also love Denis so much. So really either of them. I think DGA could do a split here and give it to Denis while the Academy gives it to Jane.
0: Jane Campion has made my favorite movie of the year so far. So I'm rooting for her here, but I can see the Academy being like, I'm going to award the big technical achievement and that's Dune. It just is what happens sometimes in this category, like with Gravity or with La La Land. But I'm going to ask you, do you think that the announcement of part two hurt his chances of winning? Mm. Because now the Academy theoretically could be like, well, we can, we can wait. We can do what we did for Peter Jackson for Lord of the Rings and wait Mm -hmm. until Return of the King, the third one. Or do you think it doesn't matter? They're just excited to return to theaters and for the blockbuster.
1: That's such a dangerous thought to have. Do I think he should have won for a rival over Dune? That's another tough question. That scares me, but I can kind of see where you're coming from. I don't know. I have hope, but I don't think it's going to happen.
0: Mm. With Kenneth Branagh and with Ronaldo Marcus Green, people will think I've lost it a little bit here, but I know Branagh is out there and he's incredibly personable, he's meeting people, he's doing the thing, he's campaigning, he's doing everything that Bleecker Street is not for Mass. (laughs) You know, is he the example of, like, the TIFF People's Choice winners that have come before? Like, Peter Farrelly for Green Book, who didn't get nominated for Best Director, or... Martin McDonough, who didn't get nominated for Three Billboards, or Taika Waititi, who didn't get nominated for Jojo Rabbit. There's a precedent there for snubs and director with that branch.
1: Brando has been directing for a while. No, he hasn't been nominated before, but that could also be working for him. In like, mm-hmm. it's finally time to at least nominate him.
0: Yeah, I do think Kenneth Branagh will be there. I'm just throwing it out there because I haven't heard mm-hmm. it yet. Yeah. Ronaldo Marcus Green feels weaker to me, though, as a nominee than Branna.
1: I agree. And I could also see Green being switched out with Pablo Lorraine.
0: Or Joel Cohen.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Or Guillermo del Toro. <laughs>
0: or Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> okay, last category. Best Picture. My predicted nominees are Belfast, The Power of the Dog, King Richard, Dune, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley. Don't Look Up, West Side Story, Spencer, and The Tragedy of Macbeth.
1: That puts us at 10 for 10. This is too weird.
0: Yeah, it's it's not right. Something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe we don't focus on 6 through 10. I feel like those spots are things I haven't seen most of those. So I don't feel mm-hmm. good. And I haven't, no one's seen them. So I feel like we can skip that. Let's just talk about one through five, which we have the same, just in different order. If you had to guess today, what's winning Best Picture?
1: I'd go with The Power of the Dog.
0: What? You really (laughs) think I'm going to be that happy? (laughs) Oscar night?
1: Okay, another question is, do you think there's going to be a split?
0: I think it's going to be Belfast Picture, Dune, Director, Power, Screenplay.
1: Wow, so they're all different.
0: Yeah. But Belfast also could win Screenplay and Picture, that could be its path it could win original power of the dog could still win just screenplay and maybe kirsten what makes you think that power of the dog will win i'm just i i'm just fascinated i love it
1: well power of the dog could still win adapted screenplay almost for sure at least i hope in my mind kirsten dunst for supporting mm-hmm. actress
0: i hope so oh my god i hope <laughs>
1: I'm hoping for Cody and Supporting Actor, and then I think Best Director with Jane Campion. And I think if they get those, and then Picture goes to Belfast, I think I could see that happening.
0: I, I just think because of the preferential ballot, I mean, The Power of the Dog is hitting with general audiences. Like, it was third at TIFF for People's Choice. It does have that kind of sweet spot where critics... Really love it, and audiences seem to like it, which could be really good. I don't know. I just think, like, in a preferential ballot, something like Belfast does well. But I also don't see a lot of people hating the power of the dog who are in the industry. What about Dune?
1: Dune is getting a lot of technicals. I'm glad you see Danny winning because that would be great. <laughs> Would I scream if they opened the ballot for Best Picture and they read Dune? I would lose it, but I don't think that's happening.
0: I don't think it can win on a preferential ballot. Yeah. I don't know. It would If it won, it would be like a celebration of the return to the movies. I mean, even though plenty mm-hmm. of movies have done better than Dune, but still. I think here is where being a part one hurts it too.
1: Yeah, because I think we're hoping for part two to be like a bigger better version. And multiple people have said, oh my god, I just watched a 156-minute trailer for part two.
0: I mean, yeah. I would love for The Power of the Dog to win. That would be my pick. But licorice pizza, I mean...
1: This would make me a little sad that Lady Bird lost, though.
0: But that was Greta Gerwig's first movie.
1: Still incredible, but yes, true.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I love Lady Bird, but... Well, I'm excited to see Belfast. I want to know what all the hubbub is about.
1: Mm -hmm. I think now we can rearrange our most anticipated list and Mm -hmm. not ranked, but Belfast, King Richard, Spencer, Nightmare Alley, and Licorice Pizza may be my top five.
0: If you could pick one to see tomorrow, what would you pick?
1: This is kind of unfair because people have seen a few of these already. So I'm going to say Nightmare Alley you just because I'm know most confused exactly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what would you pick
0: i would pick house of gucci um <laughs> i just want to experience the ride and the thing is is that when i see licorice pizza i'm just gonna have to wait a few more years for a new pta i'm gonna be so excited but like the anticipation is one of the most exciting parts of it and mm-hmm. once it's over it's over I mean, I get that like treasure, I'm sure, but it has to tide me over for a few more years. Okay, well, I think we've made it. We will be back to update these. I think the next time we'll update these is when we get the shortlist. And we've finally seen more of these movies.
1: And the shortlist release date is going to be December 21st. So less than two months.
0: Merry Christmas. (laughs) You're going to be looking at the shortlist and watching Don't Look Up.
1: (laughs) either putting it in in a lot of places or crossing out a lot.
0: (laughs) And next time on Oscar Wilde, we'll be taking a break from this year's Oscar season. And we'll be discussing two back to back movies from the 80s terms of endearment and Amadeus, which were both best picture and best director winners. And maybe even more interesting than that. They both had two lead performances nominated, and one winner. So totally debunks the myth of vote splitting
1: and also the fact that these two movies are the last time this happened where it was a double nomination and one of them won this is so fascinating in the lead right and for them to have won director and picture I cannot wait to talk about these I've been wanting to talk about Amadeus for so long and I haven't seen Terms of Endearment
0: oh my god get the tissues ready <laughs> it is a journey I love it. I'm excited to talk about, too, like, if you think Shirley MacLaine should have beaten Deborah Winger, and if we think F. Murray Abraham should have beaten Tom Hulse. I think this will be a really fun one and a good break from Oscar season already starting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at OscarWildPod.
0: And your homework for next week, if you can, is to watch Terms of Endearment and Amadeus. Thank you all so much for listening. Let us know what you think of our predictions, and we will see you next time.